It's time for our get up and go. And today we are joined by Dr. Tandeka Ngobo. She is a medical intern doctor at Mafikeng Provincial Hospital, an executive board member at the Hodi Sanang Youth Empower- Empowering Foundation, as well as a corporate affairs officer at Ngobo Empire. A very good morning to you, Dr. Tandeka. Good morning, Kani, and good morning to your listeners. Now, at 25 years old, you finished your degree and, you know, you are starting off in your medical uh, uh, profession. And before we get into all the work that you are doing, let's start and ask you, what is your daily get up and go, your daily routine that gets you up and going? Uh, thank you, Kanye. It's actually my second year of working. I graduated in 2016. Uh, when it comes to my get up and go, well, I usually start work at 8 a.m. every day, Monday to Friday, and sometimes on the weekend. But I'm usually up by 5 a.m. and I pray, I read my daily devotion for the day, mm-hmm. and then I take about 10 minutes to do a few exercises in the bathroom <laughs> before taking a shower, and then I have my breakfast, and then I usually listen to radio also in the morning. Wonderful. It sounds like quite a holistic, uh, you know, get up and go routine. Now, tell us more about your medical career. Did you always want to be a doctor? I mean, every parent, you know, aspires in one way or another that their child should become a doctor. (laughs) And for most parents, they never see that dream. But in your case, I think it did come true. Yes, it did. Actually, growing up, I actually don't remember my parents saying, uh, you know, making those uh, jokes that I'll be a doctor. But I, when I was growing up, I always knew I wanted to be a doctor. I think from the age of when I was in primary school, around 13 years old, mm. it's when that dream actually, you know, I was actually pushed that I want to see it fulfilled. That's actually when I lost one of my favorite nieces on my 13th birthday. Mm. You know, I was so sad and devastated when the doctors told us that they couldn't do anything about it. Right. So I was like, you know, I want to know when I'm a doctor, I want to become a doctor and actually see which was there really anything they couldn't do. Mm. Well, not that I was blaming them or anything, but I felt like, you know, maybe we needed more doctors. Maybe we had, had she been at a hospital at the earlier stage and gotten attended to, you know, at, at a very early, maybe something could have been done. So, yeah, that uh, 13 years old, I was really sure I wanted to be a doctor. And also, growing up in a rural area where seeing a doctor was actually a luxury, I felt like, oh, no, our communities need more doctors. So I was actually really pushed, you know, to follow a career in medicine. And now getting into a career in medicine and seeing the realities of, you know, the public health sector, for instance, the one that you're working in uh, now, mm-hmm. I mean, do you, do you think that maybe uh, some of the idealistic fantasies that you held as a 13-year-old you know, have quickly been replaced by realities of, you know, what it is to deal with, you know, public health, you know, as a doctor, and perhaps you're in a better position to understand what, you know, led to your niece's death. Definitely, yes. But given the opportunity to choose another career, I'd still choose to do medicine all over again. However, it's very true that, you know, being a doctor is not as fancy as most people make it sound like. Mm. Especially working in, in public health, there's a lot of work, there's a lot of challenges. You are trained most of the day, but the time you knock off, you just want to go and eat and sleep. But, you know, doing something that you love, I think it's the most important thing because then it pushes you to, to work hard harder to, you know, so even though there are challenges, but you are able to overlook those challenges and mm. basically overcome them 
because you know that you're doing what you love and you're at the service of the people. That's the most important thing, that there are people who are actually dependent on you that you must serve with with your best. You just give your best to the people. Mm. And then I think you are able to, regardless of all the challenges, you are able to continue doing what you do and serve the people at your best. Let's talk about uh, what it is that you do as well to to keep yourself, uh, you know, not only just physically fit, but also, you know, mentally as well, you know, just to keep a healthy space. Uh, for me, you know, wellness and being healthy, you know, from mentally to your body, it's, it's very important, especially in my line of work. Mm. Uh, well, just like I mentioned, that my daily routine, you know, it, it, it involves around uh, people also, you know, um, and also in my workplace. So I have to make sure, to, no matter how stressful or how overwhelming I feel at my work, I should know that I, how to control my emotions. Uh, luckily for me, I, I think I'm a very spiritual person, so I always rely on, you know, uh, reading uh, the Bible, reading yeah. devotionals. I also read a lot of books, whether it's, um, you know, um, uh, fiction books or non-fiction books as well, relating to health matters, um, and just also what happens around the world. Because in that way, I'm able to, to feed my brain, to be to be aware of what happens, not only in the health sector, but also around the world. And then in that way, I prepare my mind that whatever in the, in the workspace, when I'm dealing with the patient, I know what kind of people I'm dealing with, I know what, what to expect. And then also in terms of um, just being healthy in your body, you know, obesity is one of the risk factors for many diseases. So for me as a doctor, it's, it's important that I actually practice what I preach. Mm-hmm. And then in that way, it's easier to preach what you practice, you know. So I always make sure that I eat, especially I have my breakfast in the morning because sometimes the day gets too hectic, you end up not having lunch. But at least if I know that I, I had my breakfast, so I'll be strong and fit. Even if, you know, there's a research going on, I know that, you know, I, I, I'm ready to, to take on the day. I'm ready to, to work there to give my best at all times. So it is important that everyone remains, you know, healthy. You know, we eat well, we we read if we need to read to exercise our minds and also prepare our souls as well, you know, just be able to interact with the people around us. Now, recently, just this past Friday, you were also announced as one of the Malian Guardian's top 200 young South Africans. How did you react when you found out that you'd made the list? Oh my goodness, I think that's how I reacted when I first saw the email. I was such I was so humbled, um and honored. It's an honor and my heart was just filled with gratitude because um, you know, firstly I'm grateful to the people who nominated me, which are some of the people I work here with uh, in in, in Northwest and the NPOs. Because, you know, although I'm one person who is always willing to go beyond my line of duty, I never really expect my, my efforts or to be recognized or rewarded because everything I do I do out of love. Mm. But when you know, when I made it to when I when I was actually told that I made it to that list, I was, you know, I, I couldn't believe it at first because, I mean, 
so many people I've heard in the past, they're saying, you didn't trying to make it into the Maiden Garden Tour and with South Africans list, but, you know, they get nominated and they, they don't make it up to the, the top 200. For instance, I think this year they received over 2,500 nominations mm. and it all had to come down to the 200. So being in that list actually means a lot to me. And I, I, I'm honored. I just hope that I'll, I'll be able to continue to inspire other young South Africans uh, to be leaders as well and to flourish in their different fields and to use their talents to their best of their ability. Well, you know, as an alumni myself, I, I know that you yes. saw on Twitter because I saw you retweeting there. Yes, Yes, in 2013, I was class of 2013. Yes. How time so does excited. fly, you know? But but it's a great honor, you know. I mean, I, I mean, I was recognized in broadcast, you know, in film and television, and and so it's all about your field, mm. and you know, and just being recognized by your peers, and it's and it's a great. You know, time to just say, you know what, God, I see that at least, you know, I'm going in the right direction, really? you know, but it all, it hasn't always been roses for you because you felt pregnant while you were studying. Uh, can you perhaps share with us how you juggled, you know, being a, a young mom and perhaps, you know, possibly entertaining the idea of can I still make it as a doctor? Can I still qualify on time? Yes, can you? Oh, those were one of the most challenging times of my life. I was actually 17 when I found out I was pregnant. Delivered when I was 18, and at that time I was doing my first year in medical school at UKZN. Um, for me, I think I wouldn't have done it without the support of my family, my especially my mom who agreed to actually look after my, my baby while I continued with my studies. But I must say that at that point, I actually feel, felt like I had reached uh, my end point. You know, there was mm. a, a point where I was like, okay, maybe this is ends here. I won't be able to continue. But, you know, from the support that I got from my family, I was able to, you know, you know this is not what you had planned, but it has happened now. Just accept it and then find ways to, 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 to go forward. So I, I tried my best. I had to make sure that even though I was at school, I don't stress too much about the baby because I knew she was in good hands back at home. So for me, to just to focus on my studies, make sure that I pass and do well. It's, it's not easy being a teenage mom. You, you just get overwhelmed. You'll miss your baby, but then you find that you have to be at work or you have to be at school. But, you know, having gone through those challenges, I'm grateful now because I think it makes me, it puts me at a better position mm. to actually talk about teenage pregnancy to mothers who come as young as 15 years old, we see them here in hospital. You know, I also, it's, it's my passion that now I also want to go out also there to different schools, different platforms, and actually talk to young girls to say, you know what, if you haven't started, don't, you know, the best prevention is don't start doing something. So, you know, just abstain if you have to, because there's just a lot of challenges. Sometimes it's so difficult to cope with the child and having to carry on with your career as well, especially at a young age. Mm, that is so, so true. And how would you encourage a, a young person, be it a girl, be it a boy right now, you know, perhaps, you know, someone has just found out I'm going to be a dad or I'm going to be a mom and they're a teenager and they're panicking and they don't know how this will affect their future. Well, firstly, it's, Okay, I don't think any young person plans 
to be a parent, whether a father or a mother. But if it happens, just know that it's not the end of the world. It's just uh, one of the things that you just came across now, that you have to mentally prepare yourself with. You have to deal with this, but also you have to carry on. Don't let your dreams die. Uh, you know, whatever um, aspirations you, you had, just mm. make sure that you try to keep them alive. And maybe just use your child as a source of inspiration, what motivates you to actually do more and do better, just so that you'll be a good example to your younger one when they are old enough to actually look up to you as well. And how old is your little one now? She's seven years old. Ah, she's grown. <laughs> yes, yes, she's a big girl, actually. <laughs> she's a big girl now, and I'm sure she started yes. school now. Yes, she's in grade two, and she's still back at home with my mother in KZN. Oh, that's wonderful. And before we let you go, Tandega, uh, you know, on, do you have any advice, you know, for somebody who's uh, up listening at this time and they're feeling uh, defeated because, you know, they don't want to face the day because they're generally going through a tough time in their lives and they're not seeing the progress happening in their lives and they're listening to you and they're saying, you know, Tandega, I envy you. You've done it. You know, I don't even feel like waking up today. Ah, just a piece of advice I can give to anyone who's feeling defeated right now or just today and don't even feel like waking up. I, you know, just one thing, just remember that there is the Lord your God, the one who created you, and he never takes pleasure in causing you grief or pain. Mm. His grace may be just everything you just need. Don't despair yet. Just keep the faith and know that at the end, there is a crown of beauty that is awaiting for you that will be traded for all your pain. And all, you know, he says he, he awaits to give us a crown of beauty for our ashes. So just know that he is there and he does not take uh, pleasure in causing me grief or pain. I like the sound of that. Thank you so much to you, uh, Dr. Tandega. What are some of your future aspirations? I see that you're also part of the Hudi Sanang Youth Empowering and Foundation. Yes. Thank you so much, Kani, for asking about that. Um so for the future, firstly, I I hoping I'm hoping after my community service, which is next year, I will then be able to you know specialize in pediatrics. I love working with kids, but also beyond beyond my line of duty, you know, I've given my time to be working with different uh, non um, NPOs. Currently, I'm working with the Hodisanang Empowerment Youth Foundation and another one in KZN. But uh, my the aim is to you know we're trying to bridge the the gap between the professional world and the youth in disadvantaged areas. So I will continue to do that, especially by giving the much-needed health information and career guidance to the youth, especially in the township and rural areas, just to make sure that we empower them and to encourage them that education is very important and try to you know make the youth to be able to pay for themselves. And in that way, maybe they can even escape poverty that we face so much in most of our rural areas and townships. So those are part of the things that I'm working on. And in the future, I want to continue to do that. And probably I also have my own uh, organization. But for now, I'm working with these in case at end. I'm also with the School is Cool, School is cool campaign, where we're just encouraging uh, youngsters, the youth, that, you know, just go back to school. Even if you, you drop out from, uh, you know, from a young um, grade 11 or whichever grade because of some challenges, it's, it's never too late to, to go back, you know, and complete school because education is really the key to many of the doors out there.
Thank you so much for joining us this morning and inspiring us. Dr. Tandega Ngobo, she's a medical intern doctor at Mafikeng Provincial Hospital. She's an executive board member at the Khodisanang Youth Empowerment Foundation as well as a corporate affairs officer at Ngobo Empire. It's 10 minutes before 5 o'clock. Stay with us right here on Sound Awake.